tell you for real? get it started i've been recording uh everybody's level sound okay to me um, so did. we've got daniel ian joe and then myself i'm seth um i don't know how much y'all familiar with me daniel you did the uh flesh gordon with us correct so i do remember oh, that's you. Correct. Yeah. yeah so i do remember you but joe i think is first time i've uh met you yeah he's uh a brand new uh addition to the moderator group or to the moderator team of the Facebook group. Okay. Uh, although he's been a, a big time member since the very beginning, since we started this thing, he's he's been a big contributor and just now finally joined the moderator team. And and him and Daniel, they're, they're uh, good friends. They, they know each other in person. Long time friends, for sure. It's going on like uh, 10, 12 years now. Just about. Okay. Yeah. Good old 135. <laughs> that's what's that's what's up. Yeah. Nice. All right. Cool. Well. Um. Well, Joe. I'm Seth. I do the who's next the gaming stuff, which you may or may not be aware of. But I also do this podcast with uh, Ian. I'm I'm part of the group as well, but I'm not as not as active. I just kind of browse around it at times, and I'm I'm infrequently on and off with uh, Facebook and social media stuff. So. I actually need to be more like Ian and be a little more aggressive with my social media presence, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm married. I've got three aggressive. kids, and I get a little, uh, yeah, distracted. So, anyways, we'll go to get into this movie, Wang Wang. I've, I've this is like a series of movies, right? Like he's they yeah, it's two trilogy. movies, or is it's it? a full trilogy. Yeah, for sure. Is it? But some of the movies don't look like he's a secret agent in all of them. This is all like James yeah. Bond's yeah. movies. Wayne, Wayne Wayne is the actor and character. Mm. Um, so I guess he's playing himself. And <laughs> yeah, he he, he's, uh, sometimes he's double O, sometimes he's double O three and a half. Mm. But yeah, so he's, so the movie that we are covering is it's like the first or second one uh, for your height only. Mm. That's the second movie in the series, yeah. Uh, and last night, the, the three of us, not including Seth, were in the watch party for... We, we actually watched two movies. We watched For Your Head Only, we watched the one after that, which is Impossible Kid, which doesn't hold up as much as the first one. I'd be honest, I think these movies... Uh... <laughs> I feel like these movies would be better as just like Saturday Night Live sketches that hit every now and then, like maybe like <laughs> reoccurring like different sketches than yeah. just one long movie. Because like, <laughs> we'll we'll are right, we're gonna get into it, but I am gonna introduce this movie so bad they're good. This is the podcast. Um, I have Ian with me here, and I also have two guests, uh, Daniel, which some may remember. Say hello, Mr. Daniel. 
Hi, guys. And then a new member, uh, Joe, new guy on the podcast. Hey guys. And um, all right, we're going to go ahead and get, kick it. Uh, both of y'all are with Ian. Y'all typically do a lot with the movie So Bad They're Good uh, Facebook group, correct? Yeah. So that's kind of uh, how we're all connected here. Yeah, Daniel's an admin since the beginning. He, he helped create the rules. And then Joe is a friend of his and been all the way since the beginning as well. Um, but just now finally joined the moderator team. All right. That, uh, <sighs> that's it, man. Seriously, though, you know you're our main man. Exactly. All right. Um, <laughs> we're, we're missing Ryan, though, unfortunately. Ryan yeah. couldn't be here. Yeah, well, you know Ryan, man. All right. Oh, you know what? I do have that uh, clip. Um, did you want to play that clip? <laughs> what happened to Ryan when um... – Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so oh, the other please. day at, at work, uh, Ryan and I, we, we worked together, and and so I was I was trying to figure out what movie to cover, and I was like – all of a sudden I just clicked, Wayne Wayne. Yes, and then, but he said he wanted to do um, Escape from L.A., so then I, I went up to Seth and I said, hey, Seth, which one sounds better, a, a three-foot uh, James Bond from the Philippines or Kurt Russell running around a prison that is L.A.? And then Seth said, yeah, three-foot James Bond. And then uh, Ryan just started kind of <laughs> kind of like having like a – started crying pretty much. And I recorded that. No. No. <laughs> that's that's Ryan's uh sad face there. Yeah. Um Yeah, Ryan's not with us. Too bad motherfucker. Uh but you know, we love him. And uh, I guess we'll have to do that movie maybe next or you know, soon I guess. I would yeah, say Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll we'll definitely catch up on Escape from LA that's a good one yeah no that, that is it's pretty good oh my god I got so many drops on this fucking movie alright um, <laughs> yeah so this movie is basically a big James Bond spoof and like I said earlier I thought it'd do better Maybe as you, a bunch of Saturday sorry, Night Live big James Bond spoof uh, I think you need to restate that oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> pint size action flick yeah there you go okay <laughs> oh man I mean uh, there's a lot of action he kicks ass dude, I think Wayne Wayne could no. kick James Bond's ass any day of the week he at least kick him the balls can somebody give me a plot synopsis of what I watched hmm. everybody will go at once there uh, I'm gonna be honest I've been watching it again um, this is one of those films that uh I'm certain that there was an overarching plot that was um, that was complicated and, and nuanced, um, but I don't really know how to explain it to anybody. It's really. Uh, I, think, I think Ian can do a, a little bit better a job because you you seem to be following along quite well, at least with who the characters were and why they were important. <laughs> I mean, my my understanding that I got was like. Drug dealers. And I think that's all you had to know. It's yeah. just like drug dealers and we end up fighting the kingpin at some point or something. Like the guy who runs the show, basically. Yeah, he... he Who's um, also he a small the, person. The <laughs> He's a giant small person. <laughs> we find out at the end. Yeah. Oh. So... Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. 
<laughs> yeah, so um, Wayne Wayne is he's agent double O. He, he's a badass secret agent. And uh, yeah, for reasons unknown, he's just climbing up the ladder, just fighting bad guys. And there's so many henchmen that come out. There after is him. a this movie has so many hard cuts. Like whoever was in the editing room <laughs> with this movie was just like, don't need this, don't need this, don't need this, <laughs> if they even shot it. Because it'll be like him and his girl will be like, oh, like he just saved the girl. And like it, like he just saved her. She's just like, oh. And then hard cut to them at dinner eating and her telling them yeah. that she was going to be a prostitute. And it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to bring something up, first of all. So Wayne Wayne, he's just in a um... – uh, parking lot. He's just walking around, minding his own business. Then happens to see a sniper rifle, aiming towards the girl. He goes and saves her because he's that badass, you know. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Oh, you saved my life!" And yeah, these people try to assassinate you. And then, so what do they do? They they don't. He doesn't take her to safety. He takes her to a restaurant out in the open, outside. Well, hold on, <laughs> hold hold on, Ian. I gotta play the clip here because this this blew my mind. They're big on drugs, and they said they'd peddle my pretty bot as a prostitute. They're into kidnapping, as well as protection. I told them I said I wasn't interested, and well, now I get shot at once or twice a week, and... She gets shot once or twice a week. <laughs> like, a weekly affair. The way she said that makes me think that it's been going on for at least a month, maybe more. Where just once or twice a week, yeah. somebody shoots at her. First of all, how, how good is she at dodging bullets or how bad are they at shooting? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know which one's which. Now uh, I get uh, shot yeah. at once or like twice I said, a week. He takes her, he takes her out to the out and open. Just like they go into the restaurant, but not even inside. They're just sitting outside the restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, very spacious, nice open views. Um, many buildings around with, with great perches. It's, uh, oh, yeah, she was ready it, to get It's absolutely shot. not where you would do that sort of thing. I'd have been Unless moved. you were trying to get her murdered. Yeah, if I'm getting <laughs> shot once or twice a week, that goes on for one week, and then I leave the area I'm in. Like, I'm calm. <laughs> I really like the the implication during that scene. Um, the the way that she says things, she's like, you know, they were into murder and kidnapping or whatever. I wasn't really into that, so I kind of I kind of left. Like, oh, you weren't into the kidnapping part. Okay, yeah, I got it. Right. Yeah, there was so, some of the stuff she was into, but like not that. That's too far. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta wanna, draw a line. Yeah, it's true. I want to I want to put forward here that wing wing does not say one word in this entire conversation. No, he uh, does. Wing has all of the traits of James Bond um, without saying one word. He's, he's, he Another has nothing to say at all. Yeah. And everyone's just like, you're so yeah, He's a good listener. Afterwards. So, yeah, yeah Wayne, Wayne, listener. Does, Wayne Wayne doesn't need to talk. He has charisma. He, he does talk a little bit, though. There are a couple <laughs> lines of dialogue that I think I even got clipped in um, certain true. cuts. So there, there is a few... But you're, uh, but you're right. You know, because like there is this. Um, let's see here. When he finds, uh, <laughs> when the girl here. You know, sex is like tequila. Take one sip and you're gonna. So that whole line there. I'm trying to find the whole clip because um, 
That girl is amazing. And uh, here we go. You're a great person, you know. You know what to say. Think the size the way you use it. That was Wing Wing. <laughs> right there. You know what you say. It ain't the size the way you use it. That's Wing Wing right there. Maybe. Oh, yeah. But are you a sexual animal? I don't know. He does not know if he's a sexual animal. Now that it's a kind of a James Bond exchange in a lot of ways. Yeah, like, I don't I, know. I'd Let's say, find I'd out. Say that, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That, that's leading but, up to. But he doesn't say it like that. Watch, listen back. He doesn't say it like I don't know, like like a like a flirtatious way. He says it like he's not sure. Watch. Maybe. <laughs> but are you a sexual animal? I don't know. <laughs> As to his little boy, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> hey, you know what? Wayne Wayne doesn't need to know if he is is sexual animal. He is charisma. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so, man. I guess we're gonna hear that a lot from Ian. More than we heard the uh, uh, more than we heard the James Bond ripoff theme. Oh, we heard this song. Oh, yeah. This this is my favorite. Now let's get into that the James Bond. That song played every time something was about to go down. I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah, so yeah, they definitely ripped off the James Bond music. Oh, they did. It was just a continuous loop oh, over they, and over again. They had music playing almost every second of this movie. There's not much yeah. of like silence. There's a few, like his, like uh, him talking to that girl about being a sexual animal was definitely a scene of silence, but. Um, and I don't, honestly, I don't even know what that girl was about. Like, I don't even know where she came in at the plot. I don't know what exactly was the purpose other than just to have this movie clips and it goes places. The only through line, I think, is that, what's the girl's name? Like Emma or something like that? What was Irma. her name? Irma. Yeah, Irma. Irma. Irma's the only thing where it's like she was with him as like a secret agent, but she was like undercover with the bad guys. He was so bad at that. Yeah. And and then and then like I guess he was constantly thwarting whatever they did. Like I know there was one where it looked like a bunch of bread pudding that they stuffed cocaine in or something in yep. like those little yep. pans. Yep. So like they I know he helped thwart that and like he was getting the information from her. So it looked like they were trying to take down a drug operation of some sorts. But why, like, what, what, what exactly are they doing that caused the secret? Like, why aren't the local police or anything handling this? I don't know. It needs the Secret Service to do it. <laughs> Interpol. Interpol. Yeah. Interpol. Yeah. yeah. So, the I guess the implied plot there is it's uh, not drugs for um, your local retail. Uh, they're definitely for export. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd assume. But we don't even know what kind of drugs, really, either. Like, there's nothing, like, is there something special about the drugs? Like, for instance, there's a movie that just hit Netflix, uh, Project Power, and that one was about a drug that gave people superpowers. And, of course, you know, oh. that was illegal, and people needed to crack down on that. It had Jamie Foxx in it. Not, not a bad little movie. Uh, so, are um, you sure? That was Jamie Foxx in it. Yeah, I thought he was all right. I had a problem with it. But, um, anyways, these drugs... I mean, you don't even really see anybody use the drugs. Like, they're just there at one scene, and then they're gone. And it's just wing-wing, just taking down people because. And then, of course, it does get to where Irma is 
is like about is like kidnapped. So then he has to save her. And then what was the deal with the doctor? Does anybody know what that doctor was about? I don't even remember the doctor. Dude was the big uh, fat yeah, white dude. No, I don't think that was explained. It was just like Irma talks to the doctor one scene and then he disappears. Then he reappears at the end of the movie and he's like, "Oh, you saved me. Thank you for saving me." Um, they were trying to save you. Uh, what's going on now? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I was like, "Wait a second, where did this doctor come from, and why are we saving him?" because uh, he, you're right. He puzzled at the end with, with Irma, and that's that's it. And like, honestly, to talk about this movie in any other way. There's really no plot to it, so honestly, we're just gonna have to pick at certain parts. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, let Joe. Why don't you tell us what are some of your favorite parts of things about about this movie? Oh, all the the nut jobs there. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, tell him about the uh, drinking game last night. Yes, the drinking oh. game. I do not recommend this movie for a drinking game. Um, let's say that I woke up with a nasty headache, and uh, yeah, let's just leave it at that. Um, oddly enough, like I did pull up the uh, Wikipedia page for this movie, and there is an answer for about the doctor, but uh, it doesn't make any sense to me either. I don't know. Um, <laughs> apparently, okay. the research doesn't make sense either. The the official documentation inconclusive. Wonderful. Yeah, exactly. And, well, good word there, inconclusive when we're talking about a doctor. Uh, <laughs> so it says here, uh, Wang Wang, or double, uh, Agent 00, is the number one agent from the secret agency, which is great because they call it the Interpol in the movie or whatever, uh, is provided with a new uh, a number of new high-tech gadgets from his boss, then sent to stop the mysterious warlord, Mr. Giant, who has just kidnapped Dr. Cola, a foreign scientist visiting Manila to offer his latest invention, the N-bomb, to the government. Mr. Giant... <laughs> That's right. I do actually remember them saying something about the N-bomb. Now that you said that, I actually do, because there was a point where he was talking to, I guess, what's considered M. He was actually M and Q rolled into one person. Because he yeah. gave him all of his gadgets, yeah, I was gonna say. as well as his missions, <laughs> and he, he tells, mentions yeah, he something tells his about mission, that. Then he gives him all the gadgets. He does mention something about the end bomb that you were just saying. So yeah. that does so, trigger something. Yeah. Apparently, Mister Giant intends to use the lethal weapon to take over the world. I'm confused by this because he's a drug kingpin. Wouldn't he want to take over the world <laughs> for drugs? And then, so, I scrolled, well, it's not really much of a scroll, it's only like three paragraphs, but you go to the last sentence, and it says that they, how, uh, what is it, uh, right after Freed Dr. Kohler has finally reached safety, Irma is shot and killed, and everybody weeps, uh, no explanation of how he got out, and I honestly <laughs> don't recall seeing that, he just, like I said, he was in the movie earlier before, all of a sudden he's there at the end when Irma is shot. And there's, of course, the no Darth Vader crying scene there. But, um, yeah, uh, quick, once again, a quick cut, and then you're at the end of the movie, which was really bizarre to me as well. But uh, that's what this whole thing was all about, right? It's all these quick cuts. Yeah, you're right. Saturday Night Live skits all the way through. Just let's take them and mash them together and hope for the best. Dude, and, I think yeah, actually, yeah. I think actually, he would have done good. Like, I, if if he could have been like on a Saturday Night Live sketch, like they just bring him in to do his double O stuff, this could live there in a good way. Or 
what would even be just as good now is to start like an Instagram page and just do short like clips of him doing secret agent stuff, but just keep it at like a tight, like minute, two minute thing on like uh, Instagram stories. And I think this could actually get life there as being like entertaining and like funny. Because it does. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with, with Seth here on this. Uh, you you had it pinned down, and I, I was a little quiet. I wanted to, to hear Joe's explanation of it. But unfortunately, it, it boils down to the same basic thing, is that this is a James Bond parody in an SNL style, and it is sadly lacking in the exact same way that every single other SNL movie is as well. Is It's just a series of the same sketch over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as much as you want any single element of it to be massively entertaining for a full movie it is not meant to be a full movie they're making fun of very individualized things and they throw in all of these elements from the james bond franchise and it makes it wildly successful on a watch but leaves you with a big sense of so what was it about oh i don't know (laughs) james bond stuff yeah (laughs) so they just have these huge sweeping parody arcs that go on in it but that's really the thing that binds it together that's the only actual thing that really ties it together so random girls like the one with the really hokey british accent that they have um (laughs) is there simply because that is exactly what they would have done in an old bond movie no you're talking about a woman a woman gets kissed and James Bond jumps out of the window with a parachute, or in this case, an umbrella yeah you know (laughs) what was she there for I don't know Bond's awesome yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's your plot. Yeah. That, that's that's a very good description. <laughs> I think with that's the whole much thing, Sorry, uh the whole idea of cutting this up into Saturday night Saturday night live um skits uh would be very much like they did in Simpsons for years with the uh McBain movies. You at some point a couple of years ago, someone took all those little clips that they had spliced in through those first couple of seasons and actually made a decent little video where you find out all of those little clips in The Simpsons were like one of those hidden mini games or, or mini mm-hmm. movies that you find in something. It was a, an Easter egg. Yeah, I saw that. And this that is, is pretty totally, good. Yeah, and this is totally what this movie could be. We don't know. We're watching a dub version for a movie that was <laughs> exported to wherever. I think mean, we don't know if this was the original cut. And um, because, quite frankly, uh, my understanding is the names for these movies, this one and the next one, The Impossible Kid, were changed depending on the market. So, yep. what is the actual story here? Well,. So I'm, I'm going to do a quick jump to history for you guys for a sec here, because this is the only thing I could uncover. I, I did try to go ahead and see if I could find things like a plot breakdown to try to understand it a little better, things like that. But the fact is, is that um, like many sequels, which this is, um, this takes elements from the previous movie, Agent Double Zero. Um, and this film was the unexpected hit um, uh, uh, in the Philippines International Film Festival that was put together by um, uh, Imelda Marcos, the first lady um, that was there at the time. She put together this great international film festival to um, show the rest of the world how great Filipino cinema was. And it basically tanked, except that one movie stuck out that people loved, and it was embarrassingly this one. <laughs> <laughs> 
they were like really kind of like, oh my God, like we thought that this was fun and silly, but like we had many serious and, and thought out and artistic movies in this, like that people kind of spent a lot of time on. And you like the James Bond spoof with the little guy. Okay. <laughs> so um, I did look into um, a little bit more and try to rehash myself. Hold on a second, my man. Movie. I'm going to have to stop you for a second. All right, guys, we're back. Sorry about the interruption. Um... Daniel, you want to uh, pick us up where you were talking about a little bit of the history of these movies, like uh, where they were at at the uh, the Filipino scene, uh, the movie scene and all that, and you were saying that this is one of the more popular ones, uh, if I remember correctly, right before we kind of cut. Yeah, so the um, basically the, um, you know, the, the Filipino first lady decided that she wanted to do a film festival and um, introduce the world to, to how great Filipino cinema uh, really could be. And uh, this parody made it into it uh, with the rest of it. And uh, despite the, the film festival's um, reaction basically being a flop, uh, this movie struck people as something that was really fun and really great, uh, a, a little bit to the embarrassment of the, uh, um, of the people who put the film festival together with, uh, with a whole bunch of serious movies, documentaries, and stuff you might expect to see. They didn't expect that a, a little spoof movie was going to make it big. So um, Wang Wang does hold the spot. Um, excuse me, Ernesto de la Cruz is his actual name. Um, he holds the spot as being like the first internationally known Filipino star uh, from the from the actual Philippines uh, in their cinema. Um, so it's definitely worth noting that um, this first movie played upon a whole lot of the secret agent spoofs and introduced a whole bunch of other secret agents. Um, they were, you know, listed from, um, you know, Agent 001, 002, 003, and of course he was just 00 because he's incredibly little. So with this, with this kind of context, it was clear that they didn't really, um, they weren't really prepared to be making this into a serious uh, set of movies, but they realized that the wacky hijinks basically was enough to make it a seller. Mm. So why stop there? Yeah. And it, it just sort of gave me that context of, you know, hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So I, I really sort of got this idea from it that, again, like a SNL movie, that this would be just perfect for um, for having the uh, the plotless sort of mess just sort of come together. It's, it's kind of like almost those movies like Scary Movie like the comedy movies where it's almost kind of like a joke per minute, but it, but they're not like telling jokes or being too, too, they're being silly. They're being goofy with the fact of his height. Like it's, that's where almost all the jokes are based around is look, he's really short. Exactly. But this is a more creative version of something like that in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say that too. It, it just kind of reminded me of things like that, but it really didn't have much of a direction. It was just a bunch of jokes, like just like look at him how he's the the funniest ones to me was um, when the girl goes into the the little hotel room and the guy gets up. He has no shirt on. He's like got the gun at her, and like Wing Wing just jumps between her legs. And then just yeah. like, kind of like that's in my notes too. Crawls around the bed, <laughs> slides out. I, I love every time he just slides across the floor. Yeah, yeah. The slide. He has a couple great. good signature moves. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The slide, and then in the stairs when I mean, obviously somebody out off the camera just throws him at the henchman. 
Yeah, there there is a there is a lot of that. Him just being like thrown around, like jumping into like one or two henchmen as they climb upstairs or something. Yeah. Also, I liked at the end where he would like jump and shoot people. Like he would like just jump forward at people and shoot them. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh yeah. Great. Yeah, and he he never misses either. Like all the henchmen, they all have terrible <laughs> aim. None of them. Like he he dodges their bullets, and then while he's dodging, he's shooting, and he hits every single one on mm-hmm. target. The body count in this movie is insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not under a hundred. There's no way that it's under a hundred people die in this movie. Yeah, especially yeah. I, I mean, yeah, he kills all the henchmen, leading so like climbing this <laughs> ladder of just like fighting underground bosses and stuff until he finally. He, he gets the main guy that we've been watching the whole movie. He's like looking into the mirror the whole time. And then finally we found, we find out that uh, a bigger boss, uh, I, I mean those words loosely, <laughs> named Mr. Giant is on an island somewhere. So he goes to this island in which there are like 500 henchmen on this island. And Wayne Wayne kills them all. <laughs> With a few exceptions. He literally basically murders an entire town of people, which yeah. is very <laughs> an island of people. He does will. call in reinforcements, but yeah, he does do a lot of the, the shooting and, and killing. And then we find out, we, we see Mr. or uh, Mr. Giant after this whole time leading up to it, and he's just... Uh, He's about two inches taller than Dwayne Wayne. Yeah. I actually best reveal. Uh, yeah, I actually did enjoy the fight scene between them two. I thought that was actually pretty great. The little fight. And scene how did there. he win? Nutshot. Yeah. Oh, everybody. You know, just as many people who died in this movie also got punched in the dick in this movie because both shot those things happened. A that lot. happened too. Yes. Yeah. Shot in the but dick. But that's not all. I dick. mean, he also kicked them in the legs, on the chest, and everything. So well, it's not just nut shots, but there are quite a few. I liked also Wing Wing's uh, handstand double kick, where he would jump and like. Uh, <laughs> Jump on his hands and then oh, kick those yeah. feet up and hit people in their chins. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, and, and then like he, he would like jump at people and they would catch him and then he would just like swing around and kick them. <laughs> he was up. absolutely more gymnastic than like any sort of like monkey swinging through vines or anything than this. It reminded me so much of professional wrestling. Um, <laughs> Because yeah, there was absolutely this huge suspension of disbelief. Gravity doesn't affect Wang Wang, for one. No. Um, and, <laughs> no, do um, the laws Also, of apparently no inertia, uh, because I saw him double clothesline two people and take both of them down, and there's just no way. Like, <laughs> there's no way he weighs more than, like, 80 pounds, and yeah. I just don't think he can take down two grown men yeah. of any size. I just don't see how that would ever work. Like, even if he was shot out of a cannon, I don't think it would happen. Mm. Well, he's about the size of a cannon round, so maybe I don't know. Um, my favorite was when he he's at the that bread scene. He goes under the table and grabs the one guy's legs and pulls him. Once again, defying physics, guy goes down. The other two guys with him <laughs> laugh, and then he I think gets back up onto the table, knocks them out, and then when the guy that he pulled from underneath gets up, he's like, "What's going on?" It's like, you just got knocked out, you dumb motherfucker. Uh, but it's the whole, the suspension of disbelief. 
He is clothesline people. He's yank guys by their freaking angles. Yeah. Uh, sorry, ankles, and they go down, and you're just left. Okay, well, what's next? Well, actually, you know, to your point on on that, there are some things that are a little more believable that I enjoy that he did, and in that scene you're talking about, we got this. So we got a lot of him. He would like hit their toes because before he did the stuff you said, he was actually just smashing their toes and they would scream out in pain. Then there's mad at each other. Yes. Perfect. Perfect slapstick humor. But then there's three stooges. They even put pie in each other's face. Yeah, they did. Oh yeah, that was great. The pies. They also so beautiful. They also he also did the thing where he hid in a crack in a wall and he sticks his foot out and trips somebody as they're running by, (laughs) like to stop them. So there were these little like not larger than life in a sense uh, feats of action. They were also these little things like hitting their toes or tripping them as they run that he would do all in his like style of fighting (laughs) so there's this this guy has is apparently it's it's very tough to figure out um internet uh rumor and hyperbole from uh real facts involving wang wang because when he hit this cult status people started putting out all sorts of incorrect facts but there's (laughs) one that can't be denied about this that he didn't have a stunt double. Mm. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> it's great. I mean, he was he going to find one? No. He's literally the I... shortest person to ever star in a movie ever. Um, yeah, it, beating out uh, Werner Troy, who is while might be uh, one inch shorter than him, um, has never actually had a starring role. Yeah, it doesn't count because uh, he's never been the lead figure in a film. Mm. Um, yeah, but still, although... he, he does all of his own special effects, so he actually has like a ton of martial arts training and was a um, he was a stunt double. Although I don't know for who or how in any way. Well, yeah, like who is he doubling for? <laughs> his early career. <laughs> uh, although I, I I have to say when he jumps out the window with the. With the umbrella as a parachute, I think that that was like a doll at first because it, it he was. almost like <laughs> flew into the building or something. Yeah. <laughs> like that was dangerous. And then you know, it, like, really... he's like all over the place. Then it, then it cuts to him just like like just sliding down. I'm very concerned about the um the fetish continuing from Flash Gordon of people jumping out of things and using the <laughs> umbrella as their parachute. <laughs> they probably all it's washed. It's really starting to concern me, and I'm a little uncomfortable. Well, they actually all probably joined in and watched Flesh Gordon together before they did this movie. And they're like, yeah, their umbrella's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> it was and really actually, believable for a little guy, though. Like, yeah. I, That's not an unbelievable scene comparatively to a lot of what happens in the movie. And I, <laughs> I just got to go, like, okay, yeah, no, at this point I believe that. Like, uh, he can knock two people out with his huge fists, apparently, yeah. jumping down a staircase. So, yeah, maybe he's lighter than a feather. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. We've been talking a lot about Wing Wing. I actually would like to take a step back and talk about some of the people around Wing Wing. So uh, we've already mentioned the girl who asked him if he's a sexual animal and uh, basically fucks him. Who has the, Was that the same girl that tried to poison him earlier in the movie? I think so. 
Because I thought she was. Because I, I like how they purposely tried to make him use all of his gadgets. So, like, the flying hat, which was the best gag. That was the best yeah. thing. Just, just throw <laughs> yeah, your hat, yeah. and it just floats around and then comes yeah, back. But yeah, it's remote control. Yeah, it's remote control. But he also has the anti-poison ring so that when she poisons his drink, he, like, goes to touch it. And then instead of drinking it, he grabs the glass Coke bottle to do, like, a Coca-Cola commercial. I hope they paid for that product <laughs> placement because he stops. You know, about that, she, she was, like, a random woman. Like he just sat down it's at a true. random table with this hot chick and yeah. just like hits on her, and then she just poisons him and walks away. Again, perfect James Bond spoof moment. This is what you're supposed to do in a spoof movie. Yeah. Like, totally random lady trying to poison him. Mm-hmm. Super exotic. Yeah. Super into him. Nobody questions it. Mm-hmm. No question. He's obviously a sex icon. Yeah. He's obviously going to be talking to beautiful yeah. exotic women at every place he goes to. But of course, they're all going to try to kill him. And then he's going to sleep with them. That's right. Um, There's also, I did want to talk about a few of the other ones. So I have um, (laughs) this. Sorry about that. I should have checked the tank. Here. Jerk. I got to walk on my little feet. It was the thing where he gets in a ride with, I guess, a taxi, and he runs out of gas and just pulls over. He's like, you got to walk, wing wing. And he's like, you jerk. (laughs) Got little legs. He the taxi, too. Yeah. (laughs) And then. Uh, then, But he gets picked up by a a random, another, well, maybe not random, but. I know. It was random. It was just. It, well, I guess I thought it was just a black lady that picked him up. Like that's that was it. So, um, I also <laughs> still that 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 classic wing wing sexual tension with her though. Well, I, I yes, there was because she kissed him. I think if I remember no, right, no woman is, has the power to escape his charm. So, <laughs> I, I also have um, I I like this. There was the other lady who he had to get the photos from. And I actually really like the ending dialogue between them. Here, I got it. I have other kinds of pictures as well. I bet you do. If you're nice, I'll show them to you. Oh, I'll be nice. What I do is borrow the sequestered pornos. (laughs) Hmm. I'm uh, hip. So I want to know what that line is all about. She borrows sequestered pornos, and Wing Wing's like, I'm hip. <laughs> I'm hip to that. What sequestered <laughs> pornos is she borrowing? <laughs> it just it it's it's a weird like a pickup line, and it's not a pickup line, but it's like a flirtatious line. Like we can watch porn later in 1981 when this movie <laughs> comes out. I have sequestered porn, so, like. <laughs> I want to know what the hell was going on in in the Philippines that made that joke relevant at that time, uh, along with a lot of the other things, like the the freaky girls and things like that. Yeah. It's clearly supposed to be sort of a taboo, but it doesn't quite it doesn't quite play through to an American audience uh, or Canadian audience at this point. Um, you know, forty years later. So I feel like we're missing some kind of it was a weird uh, interesting line. context. She's just like, You could see my photos. I have sequestered porn and he's like, I'm hip. And I was like, What are we doing? What is that? 
Like, I, you're right. I have no frame of reference yeah. to make sense of that line. I've been just hearing it, and I was just like. <laughs> What I do is borrow the sequestered pornos. And she borrows it. So that implies that she gives it back. So who is she borrowing? And what, like, are they just, like, naked, nude pictures of people? Or is it, like, porn? Well, she is a crime photographer, right? So she's probably talking about, like, um... Red uh, red light district kind of crimes or something like it. Mm. It's bizarre. Why? Yeah, you're a photographer and all, and I understand that. Um, but at the same time, it's like, why? Okay, you have evidence and you borrowed it. Do you mean temporarily stolen from the police station? Uh, yeah. Where's the <laughs> like, I would like to really hear. It does sound like she's that kind of person. Like she she's totally sounding like some sort of rogue government official that's basically in there just taking things that she shouldn't have to get off to. Like, <laughs> yeah, and then inviting <laughs> inviting sexual partners to get off on the picture she got with her. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. With a weird like delayed voyeurism. Yeah. No, it's uh there was there was some unique characters between that girl the taxi guy who just doesn't fill up his gas tank gets picked up by a random girl. <laughs> you have the girl who's like doesn't want to get involved with kidnapping, so she gets shot at once or twice a week whenever it's available. <laughs> you have a lot of strength. You have M that's also Q. He's the boss oh, yeah. and also the gadget maker or, or whatever. Like, I don't know. I just thought like a lot of the cast around Wing Wing as well was kind of interesting because there are a bunch of oddballs like a bunch of weird stuff going on my favorite non-speaking role happened immediately before he um uh, umbrellaed out of the window of the hotel that he was in he broke into some lady's room uh, she was naked and oh yeah she didn't say one <laughs> word because nobody nobody protests when wang wang breaks into their room they don't say anything he doesn't say anything. Yeah, it's he just right away. Whatever. Um, it's a short so, little man. Like, why would you? He, he <laughs> makes the shushing motion at her a couple of times in the scene, and he runs around, and he's doing this thing. Then, like, just before he jumps out, he just, like, turns back. He crawls into bed with her and makes out with her passionately. And then just, like, all right, now I'm done, and I can leave. And he just jumps out the window with an umbrella after that. Like, <laughs> well, which, by okay, the way, you know that what? I've been umbrella... ignoring this for long enough. i gotta, I got to knock on this sexy lady yeah. before I leave. I can't just leave her here <laughs> naked watching me. i got to give her a little something for her time. Exactly. Little, little sugar. Yep. This is and and that, uh, that umbrella, by the way, came from another henchman who used it as a gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot about the gunbella. So, yeah, so yeah, he's getting shot at. Then he knocks that guy out, steals his umbrella gun, and then uses it as a parachute. <laughs> and then, and then he lands on a jeep that just takes off, and it's just like he's like, "Bye!" And I'm watching. I'm like, "Damn, that's smooth." <laughs> like James Bond cannot get away with something that smooth. Well, James Bond would go no. for the roof. 
actually, <laughs> speaking of that, I actually did like uh, when they did the uh, Daniel Craig. There's like a, a scene in one of the first uh, the first uh, movie Daniel Craig does, the uh, Casino Royale, where he's chasing a dude. Is that kind of opens up on him chasing like a bomb, uh, a guy with a bomb. And this one dude is like smoothly just jumping through holes and sliding through things. And Bond is chasing and just running through walls. Just not not at all being slick and smooth with the way he's chasing this dude. <laughs> and I always thought that was a really cool like chase scene because it really put personality to Bond without saying a word. And um, I do like that this Bond is actually much smoother, as in I think the older Bonds were a little more smooth in the way they handled things, where well, in the new um, one, the newer ones now, he's a little more gruff around the edges, I think, than what uh, yeah. interpretations were Here's before. Here's Brosnan and Goldeneye. He, he drives a tank throughout town and just goes straight through bridges and walls. I mean, he did that in, he did that in Russia. And, and then so when, when he does that, he just adjusts his tie. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's Pierce Bronson. So I mean, when you're Wayne in Russia, does have strong Pierce Brosnan vibes as far as like a Bond parody goes. But Brosnan obviously stole it from uh, Mr. Dela yeah. Cruz. Who Wait, was, when he came first? This was um, this was then like '81, I think, is when the movie yeah. uh, this one came. So yeah. who was the Bond of that era? In Timothy Dalton. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, it may have been Timothy Dalton. It may have been uh, Connery still. No, Connery couldn't have. He came back for the Didn't old one, but Roger Moore. Yeah, no. Well, Sean Connery was the Moore. first Bond, and then you had Roger Moore, and then Sean Connery came back for one movie, and then you had uh, Timothy Dalton, and in between there you had that one guy who did one Bond movie, and that was it. And um, then yeah. we got Pierce Bronson in the 90s. And I think in the 90s and then into the 2000s. I think so, it's it's uh-huh. just got to be like James Bond himself that he's parodying because I mean I I even got strong Austin Powers vibes and uh, so long as we're mentioning decades, um, you guys noticed the seventies in this movie, right? Oh, like the seventies. Oh, the were... disco. <laughs> yeah. 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 The incessant. Needless disco was just <laughs> which is ripping. just like one part of one song on loop over and over again. So painful to to watch and listen to. And when they had outfits. Ah, here you go. Let, let, let me let me give you all this. I just looked it up. Sorry, don't mean to sidetrack at all. But no, 1980, please, 1981 for your yeah, eyes only. That was because I know for your height only was a spinoff of a Bond movie for your eyes only. Same, for your, same year for your eyes only, and it was Roger Moore playing yeah. uh, Bond and uh, for your eyes only. So I guess one of the things I didn't do as homework for this, which was to watch for your eyes only. Obviously, the the you know the the name comes across really well, but I wonder yeah. how many scenes and ideas were. St- Stolen directly from that and parodied them. Not much. The hat is definitely odd job. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that's odd job for Goldfinger. I mean, not Goldfinger. Yeah, Goldfinger. Yeah, Goldfinger. Yeah, that's on that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think much because um, I know for your eyes only. I think uh, I'm trying to remember. I've watched all the Bond movies, but it's been a while on some of these, and um, I want to say there's like an agent that's killed, and like. Uh, 
Bond has some kind of uh, personal vendetta to kill somebody or something like that. And there's uh, there's always some chick. I'm looking up right now the plot, but it's if I read this plot, it would just get muddled into whatever it is. So, but I, <laughs> I was only s- worried about specific parody things, like if maybe a scene or two that we we had uh, little to no context for yeah. might actually mm-hmm. become clear with it. But I didn't get any real particular things other than super spy. And so, yeah, the dance party scenes where he's at the disco just made me think like, man, this is the sort of crap that they were ripping off in in Austin Powers. Like, mm. yep. there's just no reason for this to happen in the middle of the whole thing. And it's like super jazzy, super fun, really, really, <laughs> really disco for no reason. Yeah, he, like, gets out of a shootout. He's, like, fighting all these people. Then he goes straight to the disco club and starts <laughs> dancing. Oh, enough of this. So, but he does that because he's got, uh, apparently, a completely um, blood and stain-proof suit. So no matter the amount of sliding <laughs> that he does on the dirty, filthy ground or people he stabs with katanas or shoots at point blank, uh, apparently he's just flawless at all times. Well, he shoots them and they don't spurt blood, so you know he doesn't need a flawless suit all the time. It's just gonna stay that way. There was only one scene that had some blood spurting, and that was when he had his foot on that guy's like arm when he was trying to get information from him or something like that, and it was oh, the yeah. little red coming out. But that was it. Yeah, you're right. There was no other blood other than that. Do you guys want to talk about gadgets for a moment? Because I got two of them that I thought were particularly cool. One's really high tech, and one is incredibly low tech. And uh, yeah, I, we did. I mentioned I mentioned sure. the poison. Uh, so we seen the poison <laughs> gadget that detected that drink, and then we got the Coca Cola commercial. We had the hat that was thrown, and then he can automate like drive it around his little mm-hmm. knife hat. So what are some of the other ones? Oh, the accident glasses. Oh yeah. The, the jetpack was great. I was going to uh, bother Ian about that earlier because that's how he got to the island, and he clearly just has two fire extinguishers on yeah. like, a bicycle kit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down, too. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he gets there so quick, too. He zip lines. That's why. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> it's a great scene. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's a little jetpack. That, oh, yeah, that's another James Bond spoof right there is the jetpack. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Yeah, the jetpack, uh, I love that scene because uh, he jetpacks to the island and then you see him on the beach and the beach is just massive grayish black boulders and he's climbing across them and it's like, you could use the jetpack, dumbass. What are you doing? You're too small to climb on these things. Uh, But yeah, it it looked like, I don't know, it was definitely uh, a zip line with two fire extinguishers on his back and a bicycle um, handlebar or something to control. The other one was the gun. Um, his blow gun. The blow no, gun the is blow, the other blow. one of the ones I wanted to mention that he uses excessively to take out people. Uh, <laughs> it, it just always I'm has it there. Oh, no? <laughs> no, there's the, uh, the machine gun that he assembles once he scales a wall. It's, um, I think, midway through the movie. He climbs this wall that's like, I don't know, looks like six feet high, gets over, sneaks around a bit, and then he builds this gun in this front yard of this drug dealer's house, and then he starts blowing away a few of these guys. And I don't know, my timeline might be off, but 
I remember he, he's in, he's creating this thing, and it basically looks like a miniature like World War II uh, machine gun. And um, I'm I'm watching this, and the one thing that strikes me once again defiance of physics. He's using this high-powered miniature rifle uh, machine gun, and he doesn't get knocked down on his ass. Um, not that he could be have far to go, but he's taking this thing. Doo -doo 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 -doo, and knocks out like three guys with two bullets. And... <laughs> <laughs> that that actually is a really nice way to put that. It's that's exactly how his shooting went. Like you'd hear like six round be fired and a dozen guys would drop. You're like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> when they that makes sense. Yeah, the reinforcements when they came at the end of the movie, that totally happens. You hear gah, 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 and then like there's four or five guys, they all drop. And it sounded like two rounds were shot off. And then a whole crowd of guys are there. And a couple more shots are fired off. And they all drop. And it's, it's like, wait, they're too sparse. And the guy shooting didn't go back and forth. He wasn't sweeping. He was just shooting at one of them. And they all died. I mean, homing, like homing and splitting bullets. bullets are a pretty good gadget. So yeah. i got to give him credit on that. Yeah. yeah. He was obviously uh, was really well equipped. Magic bullets, maybe. <laughs> So what gadgets we touched on? We touched on the jetpack. We touched on the magic bullets in the gun. We touched on the poison detector. We touched on the hat. Um, did we mention the goggles? The X-ray is my favorite one now. The X-ray um, glasses where he gets to be a little pervy on some girls, as well as check out for those dudes that were about to kill him. Which I did appreciate that they were also naked when he saw them with the X-ray glasses. So. It's the best. It's it is the thing that nobody ever explores with X-ray vision, and I just thought it was a perfect gag. Like, oh hey, these things are pretty sweet. I can see straight through everybody's clothes. And then he goes to go ahead and find where the spies are, and he gets to see their hairy asses and <laughs> you know like back zits and just everything going on. Their flabby armpits and. Shit. Like, oh, oh! And I, he doesn't. He doesn't react. It's just like, ah, yes, that's perfectly natural. Because he's yeah. a professional. First. That's right. It is professional. And these guys are about <laughs> just, to die. He's about to murder that, all of them. So <laughs> that scene just struck me though. It's like, oh, we have taken technology too far, haven't we, Mister <laughs> Wing Wang? This is not. This is not what you were hoping for. Yep. I'm so At sorry. The they're time. not sexy ladies. You're about to murder. <laughs> At the same time, I I really appreciate the fact that he's using these glasses to look beyond or behind the curtains that these guys are hiding behind. So not only is the uh, X-ray glasses look, working on the curtain, it's working on their clothes too. So like this is the epitome of X-ray glass technology, guys. Perfect. It just it worked perfectly. The only way that they were obscured is because there was like a cabinet in the way. And uh, let's face it, that cabinet was probably sexier than most of those guys. I tell you this, though. I would actually have appreciated if when he saw somebody naked, you just seen, like, floating pins by their thighs or, like, you know, stuff in their pockets. Like, he would see those, but it just looked like they were just floating next to the body. That would be next level. I'd really love to see that. <laughs> and, um, you know, someday when I make a spy movie, for sure, there's going to be all sorts of weird-ass details like that. Or you turn it up too high and suddenly you're seeing underneath everyone's skin yeah you know they they've made superman jokes for ages about that sort of thing with his x-ray vision and i just kind of figure that you know it's it's, it's gotta happen it's it's funny you say that there's a it's a quick side note but it's about x-ray vision is there's a uh, superman uh, store actually a, a justice league story that's called deceased it's uh basically like marvel zombies but for the dc universe 
And part of what's turning everybody into zombies is the internet in this comic book. Um, So Superman is like, hey, we don't want you going out there because if you look at this thing on this on every screen, every TV, phone screen or whatever, if you look at it, you'll basically turn into a zombie. So Superman is flying around looking at everybody with x-ray vision so not to see any screens or anything like that. So he's just <laughs> looking completely with his x-ray vision so that he won't turn into a zombie. Uh, anybody fans of that, of DC and stuff, like that's um, Darkseid doing the uh, anti-life equation. And he fucked it up a bit and turned everybody into zombies. So if you're interested, the uh, deceased. That's a fun little series. Anyway. That's, just... a, that's a neat way to take it. You know, again, the X-ray vision has a lot of things that can go on with it. And Wang Wang went there. Uh, he did she not did. want to see those guys naked, but he was not about to lose his chance to gain an edge to kill the bad guys. Well, they were about to kill him. I mean, they were behind those curtains with guns. Yeah. You know? So, Ian, you got a lot of noise happening over by you again, buddy. It comes, it comes in waves. Sometimes it's it was quiet for a while and it popped up again. <laughs> I, I have no idea why I was sitting in a quiet room. Yeah, no, that's pretty odd. Unless well, it's not I guess, you. I guess uh, the dog is eating food. I'm just going mute again. I've been muted this whole time, and when I unmute, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, any other gadgets or something like that you want to bring up as far as what Wing Wing had or what he's been what he's been doing? I I just I just can't believe that he has um, X-ray goggles and a poison detecting ring. And the poison detecting ring, by the way, is the most um, incredibly smart gadget that I've seen anyone ever give a Bond type in the entirety of my uh, my watching of spy films because every spy gets poisoned yeah. and given drugs that make them knock out. And this was so simple. It's just if your hand reaches a glass that has poison and it beeps. Yeah. Smart. Well, there was also the locator necklaces as well, right? That's what actually... Oh, those were stupid as fuck, though. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> actually bad. caused more problems. You can't turn off the ringtone. <laughs> And so the girl got communicated with while she's in the middle of getting interrogated by the mob boss. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I think it might be her with the beeping diamond necklace. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, I think you said in the watch party yesterday, like, damn, she forgot to turn off her ringtone. Yeah. It's my exact note on here. That's how I could remember that. Um, But... I mean, technically speaking, the department didn't have the money for that. Remember, they had to skimp on the platinum uh, for all of their stuff because they just had to make it in gold because there were budget cutbacks. Mm. It's true. He did mention that in the beginning of the movie. He did specifically say that's why it's gold and not platinum. (laughs) Why it's not platinum. I'm sorry, Wang Wang. We know that you need your styles, but... yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a bunch of I'm way, way to for health for like a cheap knockoff. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. I guess gold will have to do. <laughs> for sure. Wayne Wayne must have raised hell for that. Um, is there any other points of this movie before we get into rating it uh, that we want to bring up here? Uh, Ian, do you have anything in particular you wanted to kind of bring up, or Joe? One of the points uh, that was just kind of hinted at about the uh, poison ring, how that's really smart. Um, the complete opposite. When they finally get uh, that uh, undercover agent, and they're kind of—I t- think it's—is it her? Maybe not. 
they decide, okay, we're going to make you talk, even though she's keeping quiet. They decide that they're going to use truth serum, um, sodium pentothal, <laughs> and they inject her, and she dies. And that, to me, was funny because it, this is something that I made a note about how earlier in the movie, they're, you know, the, the bread factory, they've got this in undetermined drug. We don't know if it's cocaine or heroin, whatever. It's a powder in, in plastic wrap. So you fast forward to this point where they're about to interrogate her. We're going to use sodium pentothal to make you tell us the truth. Oh, shit, she's dead. And it's like, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? You're going to kill her. Oh, whoops, that's exactly what they did. Uh, you so, guys were just supposed now? to know your drugs. What the hell is wrong with you? Mm. <laughs> you are yeah, drug guys. What's wrong with this Exactly. Situation? It's like, you just shot her up with heroin, guys. You just cobained her. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, well, that, I mean, that's not I, similar for my for my final thing. I, like, I want to talk about bumbling henchmen, and that's like that is like perfect for it. It's um, that's about as bumbling as it gets. Like, wait, do you guys know what that does? I don't know, truth or something. Uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I actually, I do like a line here. I lost a lot of good baddies thanks to you and Double O. May they rest in peace. I like the fact that he calls them baddies. They're they're his good baddies. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, there's a whole thing at the beginning that they were saying something like, we're the forces of evil and, like, our sworn enemy is... There is a couple of lines where, like, even Irma is (laughs) like, I'm here for justice and I'm here for what's right. And I'm like, well... You know, in my time of watching secret agent movies, I don't think it's necessarily about the right or wrong thing as much as what's in the best interest for the country that the spy is working for. And that could arguably be bad and good. It's really perspective. So it felt kind of odd to be all about like justice and goodness against evil when you're talking about espionage and secret agents and things like that amongst like you know on, on these like kind of bigger scales country scales um yeah that was kind of odd and, and funny it, it almost painted it more like wing wings a superhero which i would say yeah he could be a superhero instead of really. like uh oh <laughs> yeah instead of like an agent <laughs> so he was doing something bigger than the agency i mean let's be honest can you really be a hero and a justice person if you just murder like 200 people on an island? <laughs> like, are you a good guy still? I mean, you well, are. He is judge, jury, and executioner. You're basically <laughs> uh, the Punisher at that point, I'd imagine. Yeah. Like, I would like <laughs> yeah. to actually Strong see. Punisher vibes right there. Yeah, I like to see yeah. Wing Wing with like the skull on his shirt, like just his <laughs> oh little God, shirt with the skull on it. As the Punisher, it's <laughs> just <laughs> great. <laughs> that would be fantastic tiny Punisher that's just murdering bad guys for justice <laughs> body counts at like 500 in this movie <laughs> wing wing Punisher somebody's be, like uh, wait wait you, you, like why do you kill them like like Daredevil is like well you shouldn't kill them you know like bring them into a prison and Wade is just like oh fuck you <laughs> yeah no he doesn't care 
Wing Wing doesn't need that. Wing Wing doesn't need a badge. Wing Wing's a sexual animal. He doesn't need a badge. A different kind of punisher. Yes, it's a different kind of punisher. <laughs> or what would be great is if you seen the Punisher, the actual like Frank Castle Punisher come out, and then Wing Wing just pop out behind him as like a sidekick Punisher, and oh they God. just start murdering bad guys together. <laughs> Beautiful. That's some Deadpool <laughs> shit going on right there. I like it. I like it. You Deadpool know, Wing would Wing. definitely have Wing Wing in his uh, in his posse. Oh yeah, I'm Wing Wing. Wing. I've actually been saying this for uh, as long as the group's been around, but like there should be like the Expendables, but the so bad they're good Expendables, the Expendable Expendables. Mm-hmm. We have Wayne Wayne, Samurai Cop, um, you, you know, Neil Breen. <laughs> like, <laughs> Cyborg Jesus. Uh, well, more, more like, you know, from, Double uh, Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just all these guys just team up together and just and just have a mess of just. It'd be pretty great. It'd yeah. be pretty great. I think you just let, but I I would say they would team Half up. Half of them are dead now, but I would yeah. say they would they would team up. But Wing Wing is just that character that comes in and kills everybody and makes everything hectic while the other team is trying to get things done. Like <laughs> Wing Wing is almost like this one man army that just comes brushing through and destroys all their plans of what they were going to do. Cause he's just, I feel like you make a great, a great villain. Um, like a great villain weapon that doesn't know that he's doing bad. <laughs> like just, he's also been put on the task, but he's just chaotic, and just yeah. goes out there and just the loose destroys. Yeah. yeah, the loose cannon idea. He's, he's, he's a wild, wild card, and nobody can stop him. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, you know what? I I realized so the the scene where he goes to the island and kills all the henchmen. If you compare that to Samurai Cop, where they go and kill all the henchmen at the end. Wayne Wayne killed more henchmen much quicker than the samurai cop and his his buddy cop Frank. Yeah, like, <laughs> dude, his like, his girlfriend uh, at the time Irma kills more people than that. Uh, yeah. I remember I've got the note in here, uh, the quote from Spaceballs, like oh, she shoots pretty good for a girl. Yeah. She shoots pretty good for Rambo. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. She goes out there. You haven't seen her shoot a gun. We do know she's an agent. Okay, I'm going to give her that. But, like, all of a sudden, she's, like, capable to do the same superpower gunning down that everyone else does. Like, she's got better than perfect aim. Like, every one of her bullets shoots two guys. Mm. It's awesome. Yeah. That is pretty (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, I I think we're gonna go ahead and mosey on over to um, rating this movie, and we can mention a well, few parting things. Actually, just real quick before we do, I I brought it up at the beginning, and we didn't really get into it. Yeah, uh, Joe made a drinking game out of this. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, well, not quite, but yeah, I guess. Okay, so um, we failed a drinking game. At well, the multiple people took part in it. I failed in my own game. <laughs> um, trust uh, going through the um, watch party notes and I'm going to see if I can find the rules that the guy made uh, nut punch was, or nut kick was one of them for sure uh, let's see here yeah every uh, time he, he yeah there's a hit to the nuts he, take a drink and I think take it take a drink every time he kills somebody 
Kill somebody. And, uh, you can't do that. Wait for it. Wait for it. Every time he slides across the floor, you're gonna thug. Well, that's a good one. Like, you can have a good solid, like, six shots and maybe make it through it. But, like, you can't take a drink of anything. You can't even take a drink of water every time he kills a guy and survive. You're going to have you're gonna have water poisoning. Your blood cells like will just explode. That's true. Like I said, I, I, I totally lost my own game. Uh, there was one other rule I think I had in there, and I'm trying to find it... Man, a lot of things were said in this uh, watch party. Yeah. Uh, Is it every time he giggled? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he does giggle a lot. Yeah, he's like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, also, before we get into rating while, while he's looking for it, uh, I, I also want to bring up something. So we did a double feature. We did uh, Impossible Kid after this, which is not as good. But um, we, we noticed that the, the theme music changed from just James Bond <laughs> music to Pink Panther music. And it's just nothing but Pink Panther on a loop or just a flute and a, a bassoon or oboe or something, just, like, having a conversation with each other. It's like, you see Wayne Wayne sneaking around, and then you hear, like, flute, like, do 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 And then it was just, If you thought that the movie had bad musical scores going on, watching this first film for your eyes, or for your height only, you have nothing prepared for uh, The Impossible <laughs> Kid because that movie, like, in the middle of an action scene, they'll just cut the score to the other one. Like, it, it can be any Oh, yeah, yeah, there, there was a part where it cut. sounded like somebody just took, like, the, a needle off the record or something. What um what came out first? For your height only. Okay. And then it was uh, the Agent Impossible... Double Zero. Okay, Agent was Double Zero was, yeah, first. was the first. One. Agent Double Zero, then... For your height only, and then the Impossible Kid. Okay, that's the full trilogy. I so, I do want to yeah, mention, so like, so long, if we're if we're holding off for just a second, Wang Wang has had some really really silly movies besides this, and um, my personal favorite is his version of the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I don't know yeah. if you guys have heard of this. It's the cute, the sexy, and the tiny. As far as being like a superstar goes, that's awesome. Um, we gotta find that for the next watch party. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um Yeah, we do wanna do some ratings now then guys? Let's do it. <laughs> Go ahead, Ian. Why don't you introduce us with the um production? Okay. Yep. Uh, uh yeah, since, since um uh, Daniel's coming back for the first time and Joe's here for the first time, I already explained it to you, but just in case, we've got three different ratings. Uh one is for the production of the movie, how, how we feel uh the production holds up. You which is usually quite low on this podcast. I think the highest one we've ever done was like five or something. <laughs> five out of ten. Uh, second one would be the story, how much we enjoy the story, which uh, the one that uh, Daniel was then Seth left, and we found out that he loved the story for Flesh Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And then the third one is enjoyment, just overall enjoyment. So as far as production goes, um, I give it four random girls that Agent Double O kisses. Um, <laughs> it, it's I'm being generous too. That's a, I mean, that's a low it's, number it's of girls. Though. Really, it is really <laughs> low. Uh, yeah, I'm being generous. Uh, um, I, I want to rate it lower, but then again. Some of the other movies we've covered on this podcast are like even worse. So I mean, comparing to those, it's actually kind of high. Like there's no boom mic dropping down in the. It's true. In the screen. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't see one boom mic. It's true. They yeah. definitely dubbed everything in post, so they're that's fine. But and no camera. Mic. Yeah, you didn't see any cameramen in the in a glass window or anything like that either. <laughs> yeah, so, so it gets points. Just they couldn't afford glass. It's true. Yeah. So I mean, while it's really low, it's not as low as some of the other ones. Yeah. So, um, Daniel, what about you? In production. Oh, for production, I've got a, I've got a, um, I got a pretty hard time with that because, um, Wang Wang does all of his own special effects and stunts. There's editing, there's people throwing him off of things, but there's people throwing him off of balconies. <laughs> and he didn't die from that, specifically. Um, I, I, I gotta give a quick go back to a scene that actually made me feel worried. The, the jetpack scene where he's on the zip line didn't have me worried, even though he had something possibly on fire on his back. Um, what worried me is the, the same thing. My girlfriend got really worried about this as well when we were watching it. They, um, he was climbing over a wall uh, that was clearly like normal door height plus a little bit. And um, he was climbing over it, and he just sort of like does this flip off the top of it and lands. And for his size, that's like two and a half times his height. And I was like, oh, shit, that's really scary. I thought he was really going to hurt himself doing that. But it's like this awesome kung fu move, you know. Guy's a black belt, does all of his own stuff. So um, I'm gonna give him a uh, a solid. And nothing else, by the way, was very redeeming with this, except by James Bond production standards, like there were actual physical effects, there were actual stunts uh, that was cool. Um, but I'm gonna give it five out of ten. Um, Jackie Chan before Jackie Chan was a thing. Uh, points huh. here. Okay. All right, right that's on. Cool. That's cool. Uh, what about you, Seth? Um, I'm gonna probably go with um, <clears throat> you know, I was almost thinking three, but I think I might echo yours and do a four. Uh, I think I think you made a good point with some of the stunt work and stuff that was done that kind of ratchets it up a little bit, and um, but I mean, man, I, I'm gonna say four hard cuts to random scenes. Uh, that editing <laughs> was amazing. Like, I would love to hear an interview with the guy who edited this movie and to pick his brain <laughs> about why he thought it was good to cut at one point and then start the next scene where he did. Like, it's there's just literally like reason. when he's talking to the girl at dinner who's like getting shot like once or twice a week. Um, he. <laughs> At the end of their dinner, it's almost 
like a mid conversation cut. They are at the bad guy's house on the next scene and they're attacking people. And there's no way like, doesn't fuck around. <laughs> there's no I feel like it's actually Wang Wang following his own interest in what's going on. Like, I am not gonna get laid. <laughs> yeah, I've yeah. understood that by now. <laughs> Boom! Gotta cut a man's throat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I guess so. Because <laughs> it... all he cares about. <laughs> it does, like, cut quickly over to just action set piece. Like, there's no nuance or no, like, let's frame what we're about to do for the viewer. It's like, no, here you go. <laughs> Somebody's getting karate chopped by a three-foot-tall man. Enjoy this shit. You know why you watched it. And <laughs> that's about it. So, yeah, I'll give it – I'll stick it with the four uh, hard cuts to random scenes. Uh, Joe, what are you giving it? Well, um, production value in this movie uh, being from effectively – a not quite a third world country, second world country. I don't know where they really were with uh, their politics and all that back in 1981. Um, obviously, the technology wasn't there like it was elsewhere. So you got a lot of weird random cuts. One of my favorites being that he steps outside of a building and across the street are some of the henchmen and they're talking about getting him. Meanwhile, he's like waving down the taxi or some crap. He's in the background and there's their opportunity to get him and it just literally leaves the scene. Uh, notwithstanding. <laughs> notwithstanding. Super spy. <laughs> yeah, super spy. Out in the open. Um, super spy because he's facing really stupid people. Uh, some of the things that go on in this movie are absolutely ridiculous. Uh, the music and whatnot. Um, it's a hard one for me to rate, uh, having been the first time on this show. I'm going to have to say uh, my rating is going to be fractional, and it's going to be 2.9 uh, feet and inches of his height in yeah. terms of uh, rating. So, that sounds yeah. about right, actually. Let's, yeah. let's just round that up to three um, because he had those white platform boots. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, did he? Oh, my God. We didn't talk about the wardrobe, but I also really love the um, – that amazing uh, pimp drug dealer guy that had every disco outfit that I've ever seen uh, in any black exploitation film, and it's just—I—I I, I don't even know how to talk. Like we can't even talk about that. It's just too amazing. Yeah. <laughs> You have to go see this you film got, for yourself, guys. Yeah, yeah. Or at least do like just just watch some YouTube clips. I think you'll get the gist of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the sunglasses. Don't forget the sunglasses. Oh yeah. Yeah, Boss man sunglasses. Those were great. <laughs> Coke bottles. All right. What are we? Um. Uh, so next that we're doing is the story, and um, I'll kick us off with story, and I'm gonna give it a straight one. <laughs> I don't. I was not sure what the fuck was happening Beautiful. with this movie. There was maybe a bomb, maybe drug dealers. So one, maybe plot somewhere in this movie, but not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it because it was an in bomb. There was coke and drugs and stuff, and then there was a doctor at the end of the movie. Who fucking knows why? So one maybe plot in this movie, but still not sure. All right, um, and you know. it just ends with the girl dying. Yeah. No. Oh, you know that was pretty. I like loved her so much, whatever she was doing. Yeah, I was like, whoa. So they, they, you know, that actually did take me back for a second because I was like, 
are they really ending this comical thing on like a sad downer note? <laughs> For why? <laughs> like why? Just let her live. <laughs> it doesn't. But they didn't have a final joke. That part was the worst. Like, yeah. Ah, well, enough of enjoying this movie though. Let's just throw it straight in the trash. Yeah, it does ends in a downer. <laughs> so, uh, Daniel, why don't you go ahead and give it for story? Oh, I've got a double O zero. Uh, <laughs> agent double zero. Uh, there was not a story. <laughs> they they had things that they said, but it, it was... I'm, I'm just going to throw it back at Cecil words again. It, it's just an SNL sketch. It's like every SNL movie I've ever watched. And it perfectly fits that theming. And you can enjoy it a lot. And uh, it, by enjoyment factor will directly reflect the difference between story and enjoyment. But um, I, to, I, I don't know what to say about the story. I can't tell you, like, watching this movie bunches of times, reading up on it, I don't know what the hell the actual N-bomb was. Uh, I'm glad they didn't <laughs> drop an N-bomb during this uh, movie because that's right. really not the thing. Like, I'm, I'm not ready to accept that in a you know, in a Filipino movie at this point, but I mean, I don't know what the story was about. I still don't know. I read, I tried to do research, tried to figure something out. I got nothing. I have a, literally Agent Double Zero. Do you think that the N-bomb was actually them trying to prevent people from saying the N-word? And that's what this movie was about? <laughs> when somebody said that later, like when we were doing the live stream of it, I'm like, I didn't hear them say that. <laughs> like, did, they, did somebody really drop the N-bomb in the middle of this? There's no... But there's, but there's no... There's nobody in this film that they could be saying that about or with or anything. You can't. <laughs> That's got to be really racist. Yeah. I got really upset. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't feel comfortable with that. I'm like, I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah. And so, no, no story. I really don't think it needed a story, though. So. Yeah. True. Yeah. Said James Bond. Well, Wayne doesn't, Wayne doesn't need a story. He has yeah. charisma. <laughs> 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 a Filipino Punisher. All right. Um, Joe, why don't you give us a rating on a uh, story? Are you down to the dumps? Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, the story. Oh, my God. Uh, you have the doctor that gets introduced and then disappears until the end of the movie. And we haven't touched on us at all in this entire podcast. But the gold guy, I, I, I some sort of boss there was this guy, he's a gold uh, executive or something. They want, the drug dealers want gold from him and he's not going to cooperate. And so Wing, Wing Wing has to rescue him. So that's yet again another part that makes no sense in this movie. So um, I don't know how that was supposed to help the plot along. Maybe it was uh, just a little bit of filler. It seems like a lot of the stuff in this movie was filler. There were a lot of guys dying in the most random like, Whoa! Um, most random ways possible. Um, you have a whole bunch of random girls that uh, he makes out with, um, or yeah, well, yeah, makes out with. And um, I think the whole entire movie was only to lead up to the gag of Mr. Giant being a dwarf as well. Yeah, so, <laughs> that's true. That's... Again, a two, one to two minute SNL gag is Mr. Giant. Being Mr. another small person. 
Yeah. But slightly taller, though. Yeah. Slightly taller, slightly, yeah. I mean, one man's giant is another man's midget. Am I right? Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> He's the uh, biggest midget in the game. Yeah. Um, so, jeez, uh, I want to go with a fractional again, but no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have to agree with Danny on this one. Uh, double zero. There you go. Uh, yeah. Um, there's no plot. It's a bunch of gags and, and, and skits attached to each other that uh, would have been better used in some other show like, you know, the McBain thing in mm. Simpsons. So, yeah, I'm going to do yeah. a heart double zero here. Okay. When, when would have been great in some sort of um, uh, sitcom in which people watch TV. It'd be a Family Guy skit so or a uh, Simpsons skit yeah. or... Yeah. Um, something like Kimmy Schmidt or something that that throws references out there all the time to something recurring that's uh, that's fun, enjoyable, great, but doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I'd agree <laughs> with that 100%. Ian, what are you giving it, man? I'm going to go a little bit higher. Uh, two times Wayne Wayne slid down the floor and bumped his little head on yeah. the wall. Aw, <laughs> his poor little head. <laughs> Yeah, do you have a sound drop for that? I don't have one for that one. I do have a lot. Oh, of them, man, that was my favorite one. Yeah. He's like, yeah. He hits the wall. He's like, oh, my little head. A real brain twister. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the reason for that is because, um, I mean, I mean, while, yeah, there is no story or plot, there is, he is, however, climbing up the ladder of taking out bosses and he's like going to a boss and then he's going to another boss and he's going to an island to fight the main boss so there's that so for that I'll give it to okay. oh man super punch out's gotta get like a 4 out of 10 for you then right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that sounds about right alright Ian appreciate your rating skills why don't you go ahead and keep on rating it when you talk about enjoyment hey, it's still super low yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. Uh, enjoyment, um, buddy. Go ahead. We'll stick with you. Oh, uh, shit. Well, um, enjoyment is eight more times he slides down the floor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, pre pre pretty high. Okay. The, the, it, it did get very repetitive, especially the other movie, but we're not covering the other movie. But um, uh, yeah, but mostly good. I mean, it's pretty entertaining. Uh, you know, he's always getting into fights and dodging bullets and getting laid and just get escaping and it's just, I mean, it's, it's really cool, especially since he's a little person. Mm. All right. All right. Uh, Daniel, what are you giving it for enjoyment? I know you said you're on the whole opposite spectrum from what you rated it on story. Oh yeah. This is, this is definitely a solid nine out of 10. I'm going to, I'm going to withhold my, um, I'm going to withhold my uh, qualification for 9 out of 10 what for just a moment, though, because it's um, it's it's got it all. I mean, this is the Bond movie I always wanted to see, is to hell with the plot. <laughs> Does anyone care? It's a Bond movie. You know the plot. <laughs> Bond beats up bad guys. Bond sleeps with girls. Bond has action scenes. <laughs> so what does it yeah. even matter then at that point? Like, your enjoyment's a solid, like... It's a nine out of ten. Like there's there's some things like it, it could get boring at different times. That's fine. Um, it was really unidimensional. Uh, I got that, but that doesn't take away the fact that it's better than 
I think he's the best James Bond I've ever seen. Um, so I can subtract some points just based on the fact that it was unidimensional, but really what it comes down to is that it had absolutely every single point that I want to that I want to see in a Bond movie. So I'm going to give it nine out of ten. Um, nice. Hammy accents. Uh, completely <laughs> phoned in. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. The only real thing that they were missing was the Australian girl that was in the next movie, or the Australian guy that was in the next movie. Excuse me. All right. Yeah. Um, why don't you go ahead, Joe? Give it a rating on your enjoyment level. All right. Well, um, this movie was very enjoyable because of how absurd it was. Uh, I'm going to have to say, uh, well, based upon my best estimate of how many shots of uh, alcohol I had last night, my ratings could be uh, about eight. I, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, about eight ounces of scotch uh, is my rating. Um, <laughs> and one hangover. No, um, yeah, the some of the some of the stuff in this movie is absolutely ridiculous, and you just can't help but laugh. Um, like uh, like Danny touched on, there's a couple scenes that are a little boring, and I think back to more recent big budget films, and like the one that came to mind was um, I forget which Avengers, I think it was Endgame, uh, Avengers Endgame. There's that scene with uh, Captain America sitting down with people, you know, talking about their lost uh, loved ones and whatnot. Really boring scene in a huge epic of action and. We did have that here. We had a little, a couple po- uh, spots here and there where the action wasn't there. It was kind of boring. You hear people talking about whatever. And then there was the awful disco music too, but that notwithstanding, you get these amazingly long, nut-shotting, people shooting, and everyone dying uh, action scenes. So, yeah, eight, um, eight uh, shots or eight uh, ounces of scotch out of ten for sure. All right, man. Sounds nice. Good. Sounds good. Well, I'm, I'm gonna a... assume you drink the other ten to get through the next part of the movie. Ah, oh, jeez, I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, I do want to live. Yeah, you, you, you gave up in the other movie. He was like, I'm <laughs> yeah. So I, I did find, I did scroll up and find uh, my drinking game rules, and they were one nut shot is a drink, uh, two bad guy dies is a drink, three wing slides chug. And then four was you die from alcohol poisoning. So, oh. well, uh, one of those definitely happened. <laughs> well, I'm going to give my rating in just a second. I'm going to pause right here. Uh, all right, guys, we're back. Sorry about that. Take care of the doggos. Uh, my turn to rate it and enjoyment, and I'm going to have to give it right at about mm, seven, seems to be the one I'm wanting to give it. Um, Seven, um, uh, let's see. Yeah, seven poison rings that detect uh, <laughs> that detect poison and let you do a Coke commercial. Um, I'll have to give it seven. Uh, one of the things I'll say about this movie that I think was like, it, this movie kind of felt like, hey, guess what? Did, did you know this guy's really short? It's like, yeah, yeah, he's really short. And then it felt like to the end of the movie, they're like, yo, you know he's really short, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, I know he's really short. 
and it just it, the, the a lot of the jokes felt like they just kept hitting that in the head which it, it goes to what we've been saying the whole time daniel you've said along with me that it'd be better in a sketch format because watching an hour and a half of just short jokes on on the james bond setting it's like isolated all of these jokes are actually excellent but to be bombarded by the jokes one after the other i find it a little less enjoyable so uh as a movie as it stands as far as enjoying i'd say like you know the first like 20 30 minutes i was like yeah you know this is hilarious like i even showed a few people I was by like, look at this, like showed them a few of the scenes and they were laughing. Like, it's crazy. But um, watching an hour and a half of it is like a different story. So, but it's still, I think, pretty enjoyable. Uh, I definitely think, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you should definitely give it a watch. Uh, I think it's worth a watch for sure. So that's where I kind of stand at on that. Seth, there's no doubt. And I got to give you, uh, I got to give you credit for, for really calling it out on that. Like it's, the enjoyment level can absolutely taper off. I suppose it depends what you're doing. You know, have a have a whole bunch of drinks, mm. have a yeah. have some fun friends to hang out with, riff the movie, mm. shout at the screen, make your own drinking game, try not to pass out like Joe did. You know, <laughs> and um, the yeah. um, it really uh, it really came to a head for me on the um, on the short jokes when they had uh, they had a wall surrounding this great compound and it had dogs and had all the like security measures and everything but the wall was so short that Wang Wang could jump over it and that captures that <laughs> essence of that short joke that you were telling me like dude they didn't even build the wall tall enough that like a regular guy couldn't have a problem with it like this guy that's literally half the size of anybody else jumps over the wall like, that's not a fucking wall <laughs> And that is taking it too far. And yeah. like I, I, that was I actually got exasperated of that joke. <laughs> so I can see why you would not give it as high of a rating. Like the fact that I got exasperated helped me to give it a higher rating because I was like, that's a that's a strong emotion. I like that there. Yeah. I want to get a little pissed at my bad movies. So, <laughs> but I, I definitely see it there. Like, oh, that is such a good joke. Yeah. But he played out the short jokes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of how I felt. Like it was it was a short joke after a short joke. Uh, I mean, anything from the from the fighting to just his normal interactions with things. Uh, I did actually enjoy though that like there's something there's something with some movies right where you have a character in the movie where like you as an audience member knows something's not right like not that it's not right i'm not saying it's wrong for him to be short but he's not like the normal that like most other people like height or if anything not even just short like if you just look a certain way like if you're funny looking on purpose or something like that right where the whole Absolutely. world the whole world around that character will pretend like no nah, it's normal but in, in this movie it, it people truly recognize and even called out like this dude short like he's a midget. Like they, they specifically they call him a potato in one scene. Yeah, there is, is a girl. Insult. There is a girl. She's like, you're so tiny, like a potato. And I'm like, what? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Is that supposed to be flirtatious? Because if, if I was trying to hit on you <laughs> and you were right there, and you called me a potato, potato, I would be like, yeah, I'm done here. 
going to go kiss the girl in the bed with I'm an umbrella. I'm not going anywhere with this girl. At best, it's going to lead to something really weird later. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know, right? She just You're in the bed, and she pulls out a sack of potatoes and just starts dropping them all over the bed. I was and you're just like, thinking about like, cream cheese and chives. Oh, man. Not even a sack How of potatoes. do you want me to butter your potato? And he's just like, what kind of sexual foreplay is this? <laughs> yeah, um, but no, nah, I'm right there at a seven. So, um, all right, I think we did it. I think we nailed this movie down. I appreciate y'all for joining us here. And uh, why don't y'all go ahead and talk a little bit about the Facebook group and plug that away? Yeah. Um, what was it? Um, <laughs> movies are so bad they're good. Midnight Cold Classics and Camp. Uh, find all of us there. Uh, as I said, Joe is the new recent member of the moderator team, although he's been with us since the very beginning, as so has Daniel. And, uh, yeah, th- thanks for uh, joining us on us. Yep. No problem. Thank you, Ian. It's always a pleasure. Yep. Yeah. And um, you can also find me at whosnextgaming.com. It's the website, uh, my podcast, Who's Next Podcast. We talk movies, comics, and video games. Uh, one week, movies and comics. This episode should be coming out with my video game episode. We take a look back at the whole generation of the PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and some of the Switch games and stuff. Because as we're getting into the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and all that good stuff, we decided to look back at all the different games and stuff that we've played and through the years that we've had this console. So uh, that one's coming out alongside this episode. And... Um, uh, the next one I have is a movies and comics, and we tried something new. Uh, in fact, I think it's something that even Ian, I think you discussed about doing something along the lines before. So we really just kind of went for it. I actually think it went over uh, pretty good for not being as planned out, but uh, we did a versus. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, we did a versus with uh, Batman's line of feature film movies against Spider-Man's line of feature film movies. And as the catalog as a whole, which set of movies hold up better? Uh, So, yeah, we had that out there. It actually got kind of loud. It got argumentative, and it was a lot of fun. So uh, that one will be coming out next week uh, from when this is dropping on Monday. And also, if you live in the New Orleans area, I do. Be safe. We have hurricanes that look like they're definitely coming our way. We might be getting smacked with two of them because uh, it looked like they were going to hit Texas, and now they're looking a little more oh, towards us. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know what's happening. I don't even know if I, if I might be evacuating or not. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So anyways, uh, good luck to those out there. If anybody around the New Orleans area is listening, um, be safe. And even if these hurricanes hit somewhere else, if you're in Texas, if you're in Mississippi, Florida, wherever, y'all be safe, take care, and I, you know, I hope the best for everybody, and just be smart. And uh, if you got to go, go. So, <clears throat> just yeah. want to give that shout out as uh, on that as well. All right, well, we'll go ahead and shut it down. Thank y'all for listening. We are out of here. Hey guys, we're not ending yet. Um, we did want to speak some last words right quick on something. So please 
And uh, this is particularly to members of Movies So Bad They're Good, the Facebook group. So why don't you go ahead and explain what you're wanting to talk about and then go ahead. I do have some context for this. So just go ahead and say what you want to say to the you know, members of the group or maybe there's listeners here that are not members of the group. So you can explain what you want to explain on that and go ahead. Well, so as we welcome in um, one of our new moderators for the group that's been there from uh, from day one, uh, Joe, it's um, it's sad for us to mention that we've lost one of our uh, longtime members from day one also, uh, Joe, uh, Josh Cook. He, um, he's been a very close personal friend of many of us uh, that started and created and really, really helped to create the group together. Um, Ian uh, and myself welcome in a lot of our friend groups when we first started the group uh, a little over a year ago, and um, it's, uh, it's it's very difficult for a lot of us that got into bad movies to um, say goodbye to Joshua Cook. He was a uh, wonderful man that uh, had a sudden and unexpected death this last week, and uh, We've really appreciated the outpouring of support. Uh, I've gotten a chance to share it a little bit with his family who didn't um, necessarily know that he was quite so active uh, in bringing bad movies to other people other than his closest friends. And uh, it's just been uh, sort of a, a wonderful little tribute to him to hear what everyone had to say about what movies they had learned about from him, whether it was Turkish Star Wars or Super Inframan or uh, anything from the Godzilla series or even some of the newer things that he'd choose to uh, bring about. But we really think the community uh, in movies so bad they're good and and everything else just for, for being there and, you know, being a, a cool outlet for all of us to have a little bit nicer of a time during all of the trying sorts of months that we've had in the past and probably for the ones in the future. So we do appreciate everybody being, uh, being there for us. And if, uh, if you're looking for any more recommendations on things, you know, we're all going to be sharing a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, we've always found fun and that he found fun too. So thank you so much. Yeah, um, I I didn't know him, but like like Daniel said, he he was very good friends with him, and and Joe was as well. Um, but as the you know creator and admin of the group, looking at at the members, he he was a very large contributor to the group. Uh, like I I mean I had no idea who he was, but he 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 was posting a lot. I saw a lot of posts, and so it pretty much became like. I considered him a friend of mine as well, you know, another fellow bad movie lover that did a lot for the group. And yeah, it was sad for all of us. That's some, uh, some real powerful words uh, to put out there for him. Uh, I'm sorry to hear it. Again, I'm not as active on the group. Uh, but I, I tell you this, I know some of the things that are going on behind the scenes. I think there's a very uh, unique group that's building with what uh with what y'all are doing ian and daniel and now joe y'all as moderators and stuff and um you know for all the bad that people can point at social media for um which i would tend to agree with on certain points there also is a lot of good 
that comes from social media and connecting with people across the world. And I think this is a clear like sign of one of those things when you have somebody that, like you said, even his family would, didn't even know how much he really was active in this group. And just, you know, probably what this group did for him, giving him a place to share all these things that he liked and stuff. And there's probably plenty of other people who are sharing and doing things and finding something unique in the group. So any listeners who are not involved, um, these are some of the guys that, you know, moderate it. And um, I think for sure that if you are somebody who likes all these weird, crazy, bad movies and things like that, you can find a lot of like, like-minded, uh, good-hearted individuals like that. Here. Yeah, I've definitely gained a lot of friends since I started this. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, the three, all three of y'all included, definitely. Mm-hmm. So um, <laughs> I, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome what this group has become and what y'all doing. And I think it's it. pretty genuine because, you know, even when I – um. When I started with the podcast with um, Ian, and we had some, uh, what what, what you, Ian, and and Ryan, Um, I'm talking about when we started, because Ryan started with me podcasting way back. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought you were But no, I'm talking specifically about when we started with this. The point I'm getting to is that, you know, you, one of the things you expressed to me, because I told you, like, you know, I'm not expecting any type of money compensation. I, you never know what might happen as more more listeners come. You might get advertising. But one of the things she was like, like, yeah, I don't really care that much about the money. You know, like, I just kind of like really mm-hmm. doing this and putting it out there. Like, I don't think there's much you've done to really try and find, you know, ways to monetize this group in a way and not that it would be necessarily wrong of you to do depending on (laughs) what exactly it is that you did but speaking to your character you're not wanting to hurt the integrity or what you've built with this group for any type of financial gains that may be out there for you to get if that's even you know however those things work or you know whatever like you genuinely like these types of movies <laughs> and you genuinely like the people involved you know uh, um, so for sure yeah i think if people are looking for people of like minds and stuff for these movies and things like that i think it's a good place to go and um yeah i'm glad that you did say something about uh the gentleman here that passed uh, that was part of your group and uh that's good so um i'll definitely make sure to put this in in the right order and uh, <laughs> y'all go ahead and uh, enjoy. Y'all have a great. Be safe over this. Is this Thanks, Kathy, out yeah. yeah, you so too. I appreciate bro. that. Yeah, it was a little hard to say. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it's been it's been a big deal, you know, for um, for a lot of us, and uh, it's um, it's a little bit of an enjoyment killer, but it's really nice to have something like this that we can look forward to and uh, go ahead and do that. And again, like the enjoyment of bad movies basically comes down to this this wonderful feeling that you get like reconnecting with people and um Come on. I, I can tell you like uh, I don't know if Joe's still on the phone right now but if he can hear this I know that he can think about test fests where we've yeah. um been out there and watching uh you know uh Kung Pao or other ridiculous films and just the fun that we all have sitting in front of a screen hanging out together and uh Hating on a movie for being so stupid. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's like the it's a big thing. Like it feels really Probably good to talk with you guys about this. So yeah, for Appreciate sure, it. for sure. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we're out of here. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed. And uh, again, be safe. Uh, this is coming out Monday, yeah. especially if you're down south with the storms and stuff coming, like around my area and the New Orleans area and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. I'm I'm glad to hear it's not going to hit Florida yeah. so bad this time, but next time it's probably yeah. going to hit Florida. So well, it still yeah. might. It's in the Gulf. The first one's not supposed to hit till Monday. The other one's supposed to hit Wednesday. The problem is they are looking like they're both going to smack New Orleans, uh, which yeah, is not good. Rough. But um, they may shift. I th- I, th- I don't think they've really been able to be very good at tracking them. As like some of their predictions of where they're going have changed a lot. So who knows? But uh, just anybody down there, be safe and uh, take care. So, yeah, uh, me too. appreciate it. Later.